far as splitting time is concerned, it's always been like a burning desire to create, to do, to learn, to build. So it's almost like even when the kids were little, I couldn't turn that off. I just had to be strategic about it. I think there's something about being an entrepreneur, like I said, that just kind of is like, you just go into this creative mode and ideas and execution and it's so fun and it gives you that rush, but then at the same time, we tend to burn out. And so I think the older my kids got, the more I learned to be really intentional about my time and to build boundaries around my business day. Welcome to the Union Podcast. I'm Jamie Wolfer. And I'm Heather Fear. We're two wedding planners who just love to share how we got started and scaled to beyond six figures in this amazing and sometimes really competitive industry. We talk about the tech, tactics, mindset, and mistakes that have helped us to get to this point in our business. So whether you're a solopreneur or just dreaming about starting a wedding business, we are here to support you on this journey. Let's dive into this week's episode. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you, Jamie. I always love our conversations. I know you have so much insight into being business-minded and being a powerful woman in a really saturated industry. Um, and I think that ev- I, I enjoy every time we get a chance to chat because we're so like-minded in so mm-hmm. many respects. And I look up to you with everything that you've created with Honey Fun. Goodness gracious. I mean, Honey Fun's been around since when? 2005? 2006? 2006. Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious. Um, Now, for those who don't know who you are, obviously, I just let the cat out of the bag a little bit, but give us a little insight. Yeah. So I'm Sarah Margolis. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Honey Fund, the wedding registry where you can receive cash toward your dream honeymoon or whatever else you're saving for. Or whatever else you're saving for, (laughs) which is, you know, inevitably ended up being the case with my husband and I were like, yeah, we're going to save for honeymoon. And then we're like, wait, we need, we need the money for other things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, when the wedding's all set and done, you're like, oh. Oh, groceries? <laughs> what? Rent? Okay. But there is something that you and I both have in common, and that is we are moms and entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yep. What a wild ride that can be. Oh my God, yes. So yeah. how old are your kids? My kids are 15 and 12, almost 16 and 13. Oh my goodness. And they so were they actually were- born after we started Honey Fun. So it's been quite a journey. <laughs> So you had to figure out how to do business with small children, with small people. Yeah. And it's really funny. It's almost ironic. Like we started Honey Fund because we wanted to work for ourselves and we wanted a quote unquote passive business, which just, I laughed so hard because I've never worked harder at anything in my life in this business, but we wanted to, you know, have the flexibility of being at pickup, you know, from school and going to the plays and the sporting events and, you know, having more time and focus focus on our family than, you know, two working people would normally have going to a job every day. And so we started Honey Fund with that intention in mind and the financial freedom and the personal freedom. And, you know, over time, it was funny, like we launched Honey Fund in March of 2006. We had our first kid in November of 2006. And then three years later, we had a second kid. And the the natural progression of like the growth of Honey Fund with the growth of our kids was really cool. Like we, you know, by the time our site started getting really big, our youngest one was one year old. And then, you know, within the year he could go to preschool. And so there was a little more of my time freed up to work on the business. We had, you know, 
part-time in-home nanny who helped us out so that we could, I mean, I literally was answering every email that came in to Honey Fun oh my for gosh. seven years. So I had to have time to, you know, get back to customers and Josh coded every line of code. Oh so we gosh. had to make sure that he had time. Plus he had a full-time job up until our youngest was about one year old. So it was hard. I mean, it was, we, we definitely had the flexibility, but I don't think we had as much like freedom as we had originally thought we would. And that was just because Honey yeah. Fun just like it exploded. Like we were on Martha Stewart weddings homepage and, you know, time.com 50, 50 best websites. And, you know, then Shark Tank called and it was like, whoa, like we were not expecting this and we cannot do this all ourselves yeah. and be parents, you know? So it was, it was a lot to handle, but you know, it was a blessing and we were able to thankfully figure out all the moving parts over time. It was a long journey. I'm sorry, seven years, you were the only person answering all the emails? Is that what I heard correctly? Yep. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot imagine, especially with small people. How did you, how did you split your time? How did you do so, that? So I'm hoping that we have mostly moms listening right now. I was literally in like a, a an armchair with, you know, one of those like my breast friend pillows. Oh, I, hands down, best ones. <laughs> right. Breastfeeding with my laptop on the other arm of the <laughs> answering emails. Like this is how we did it. It was, it was total insanity. <laughs> it's total insanity, especially like when you're the food source. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when Silas was little and it was right when I was starting my YouTube channel, mm -hmm. what possessed me when I had a small baby to be like, mm -hmm. you know, what sounds good. Let's record videos with noise, <laughs> right, right. you know, <laughs> let's try that. Let's see how I that know. works. But cramming all of my focus and all of my intention into the 45, because he was a terrible napper, into the 45 uh, minutes he was napping. Right. Just was like, okay, I had to plan it all ahead of time. I had yeah. to be makeup ready to go, which of course right. is so funny when you have a small baby. You're like, good know, luck right? with that. Good luck with yeah. your face. Uh huh. <laughs> when they become a toddler and they face. grab everything while you're trying to get your makeup done. Oh, yeah. And that, that level of, I have to be as efficient as possible when they are mm -hmm. silent. <laughs> right. Oh my right. God. It's so hard. And then the stress of like, what do they always tell you when you have a young child, when you have a newborn baby, like take a nap when the baby naps. And you're always like, yeah, right. That's never okay. happening. Like, right. first of all, like I have another kid. Second of all, <laughs> I have a business or, you know, it's just like, there's no way. Yeah. And so it, it is so stressful trying to get it all done. But what is it about? I think entrepreneurs are just a special kind of human being. Like, first of all, we can't sit still. I can recognize that you're one of those kind of people just like me, like <laughs> literally never can sit still, like sit down to watch a show. And like two minutes later, you're up like doing a load of laundry or, or researching you know, on my phone, researching or yeah, yeah. or like you know, helping your kid with homework or whatever it is. But like, even if we didn't have businesses, we wouldn't have been napping when the baby was napping. Right. So yeah. we're just, we just have to get something done. Yeah. Or inventing new businesses. Mm -hmm. Like, you yeah. know, it'd be a great idea. A girlfriend of mine. So I don't know if you know anything about the Enneagram, but I'm an Enneagram three. So, mm -hmm. uh, and a girlfriend of mine is as well. And she will jump on Instagram and be like, I have a great business idea for whoever wants this. I can't take it. So someone take this and run with it. <laughs> I'm nice. like, wait, that's how my brain works. I love but, that. Yeah. As far as splitting time is concerned, it just was, it's always been like a burning desire to create, to do, to learn, to build. So it's almost like even when the kids were little, I couldn't turn that off. Mm -hmm. I just had to be strategic about it. Yeah. I think there's something about being an entrepreneur, like I said, that just kind of is like, you're just going to this creative mode and ideas and execution and it's so fun and it gives you that rush. But then at the same time, we tend to burn out. And so I think the, the older my kids got, the more I learned to be really intentional about my time. 
and to build boundaries around my business day. Um, like right now, I'm at the point where I work 8.30 to, you know, roughly four or five, depending on whether I got to take a break and go get the kids from school. And I am scheduled like top to bottom every single day to get the things done that are important to me that I've chosen to do. I'm not running around like being reactive like I used to be. I'm not just kind of being in busy mode and forgetting to really like work on my business yes. versus in my business, right? That We've all heard that expression. And your kids are people in your life that need your time and attention. So you've got to make sure that you are showered and rested and fed and all the things that yeah. make you a good mom, right? Yeah, <laughs> like not smelling yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've had, you know, your partner, somebody rub your shoulders once that week and like, you know, just you're doing the things that you need for your self-care uh, so that you can really be fully there, fully present for them and for your business. And that is learning to balance all that, learning to actually, it's not even balancing. I almost hate that word. Mm -hmm. It's like being very intentional about I'm spending my time this way. I'm th These are my work hours. And these are the things I want to accomplish in my work hours. Once a week, I sit down and I schedule the time I need to do all the things that are important for my business. And then these are my family hours, my kid hours, my spouse hours. And I'm going to be doing fully focused, bringing all I've got to yeah. that time for those people in that time and not be running around reactive, right? Like yes. if you're at dinner and you guys have a rule, like no phones at the dinner table and somebody calls about a business fire or something like you have to decide, am I going to pick up that call or not? Yeah. Am I, am I the person that does that? Or am I the person that's fully focused on my family? Right. So these are the yeah. kinds of like choices that, you know, it's not really about balancing. It's just about making the right, the choice that is right for you in every moment of your day. It's practicing intentionality with your schedule. Yes. Very much. And it's, you know, I'm going to go sit down and I'm going to work for X amount of time. What's really hard for us is my husband works for our business as well. We're both home and we homeschool the children. Mm. No one ever leaves. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so that's rough. I have to be extremely intentional about like, nope, I'm locking the door, putting in headphones. No one's allowed to come in. I don't care if you need a piece of paper for your project. Mm -hmm. You just need to wait. And being really intentional about this is work time. And I think sometimes training your mind to work that way, mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. super, especially when you work from home and you're like, if I could just go get the dishwasher started mm -hmm. and the laundry started, mm -hmm. I'm multitasking, right? Right. Right. Then and then I won't have to do that work. later right. to be with the kids. <laughs> totally. And I mean, working from home, like for some reason, I don't know why it's always like the laundry or the dishes or something is just calling out at you like, or like that project that I didn't get to this weekend, you know, like I'll yeah. just do that on my lunch break or whatever, but I also need to eat lunch and be nourished, you know? So it's like, how do you, you just really, like you said, have to be intentional with your time and your focus. What are yeah. you focusing on with that time? Yeah. And I also think there's a seasonality to it as well both with the, like the school year, once your kids reach that age. Um, and there's just going to be times where you're going to be spending more on business or going to mm -hmm. be spending more on kids. You know, our, mm -hmm. my daughters are about to be 13 and it's like, mm -hmm. they're experiencing new emotions they've never experienced before. They need mm -hmm. more specific amounts of my attention than they mm -hmm. have in, in the past because they're going through changes and they're right. not going to want to talk to their dad about it. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is a new season for us where, mm -hmm. I have to be available for those, you know, sometimes emotional outbursts, right? Mm -hmm. Where you're like, whoa, <laughs> mm -hmm. yikes. But what my business looks like now looks different than two years ago. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes you got to make tough choices about like, these are the goals I really want to accomplish with my business. But my 13 year old was just diagnosed with XYZ or my husband mm-hmm. is needing a surgery or, you know, whatever it is, life happens. Right. And so we have to be able to say, I'm either going to delegate that thing or I'm going to put it yes. on hold because my family needs my focus and not just that they need it, but that I, that's where I want my mm-hmm. focus to be. is on what's going on here with my people. And so, and that's just, I mean, life is is just a series of tough choices. So it's not (laughs) like, I think that, you know, entrepreneur types, you know, are probably type A, we're probably like, no, no, we can do it all. We got to do it all or else nobody will love us, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Seeing straight into my soul. All right. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you got to just be okay with not being able to do it all. It's like a, something you got to accept. I choose not to do it all is actually even better than that. Yes. And I think that the, we had someone on the podcast forever ago that said the work-life balance is a myth. Exactly. And at first I was like, I'm sorry, sir. What? <laughs> yeah. Cause this is all people are preaching at me from like multiple angles of like, right. you gotta have to go, you have to have a good work-life balance. He's like, no, it is seasonal. There are times and he's a, he's a professional chef that mm-hmm. does catering. And so it just yeah. was fascinating to, to talk mm-hmm. with him. He'd be like, mm-hmm. there are seasons where I see less of my kids mm-hmm. because my business is more demanding. Or there are seasons mm-hmm. where I cut back on my business and I delegate. I love that word. I delegate mm-hmm. so I can be present for them. So I don't miss right. out on certain things, yeah. but it's never, it never looks the same. And I think what right. I run into is that self-deprecating, well, you used to do this. Mm. Well, you used to be so much better at this. Mm. Well, you used to get delegate much better, or you used to spend this amount of time working on stuff, but now your life doesn't look like that. Why aren't you keeping up that pace? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that has been, it's a process of forgiveness and really allowing yeah. myself to be like, this is different than it was then. That's not a fair yeah. expectation. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And like learning to really love and honor who you are and your, and your situation. It's so important because it's actually one of like the best qualities of a leader is that you are able to kind of rise above like the freneticism of day to day and look at what's truly important. And what's truly important is always people, right? Whether it's your family, your friends, your kids, your spouse, your employees, like what's, what's truly important is always people. And so, and you can always make that choice. Even when your business is demanding, you still have a choice. Am I going to put all of my time and focus into what the business demands, or am I going to find another solution? Or am I going to take a break from the business? Or am I, you know, there's always a choice. And I think people, for me, for a long time, I felt like I didn't have a choice. I was almost in over my head with, with the business, not enough employees, not enough experience managing people, not enough, you know, this or that. And there were things that I was just neglecting about my family and my life that, you know, because I felt like I didn't have a choice. And then when I, when I realized I did have a choice, it made everything so much easier because I was giving myself that grace to make the choice that was right for me. Can we all just collectively agree that 2022 is going to be the year that we no longer leave money on the table? That's why we absolutely love Generation Tux and their amazing partner program. Yes, we do, Jamie. They are amazing over there. We love their suits and we love this program. Why do we love this program, Jamie? Tell them why. Okay, well, obviously they're the only suit company that I wanted for Brothers Wedding, right? But in addition to that, they will actually give your client a discount. And in addition to that, you end up getting a referral payout as well. So I don't know about you, but I don't think it gets any better than that. I'll say what's even better about it, you guys. If you're newbie to this affiliate game, this is like the easiest thing to get started with. 
It feels super comfortable and authentic. They hold your hand as you get started and actually have a conversation with you and make sure you understand what they've got going on over there. So if you're listening to this podcast going, how do I get started with affiliate stuff? This is confusing and overwhelming. This is step one. This is an easy partnership. You're going to have fun working with them and provide your clients an amazing product. So go over to the unionpodcast.com slash tux and uh, get started. Check it out. And we hope you enjoy working with Generation Tech. We interrupt this podcast because there is something extremely special that I want to share with you guys. Uh, I don't know about you, but for the last who knows how many years, I have been using a Frankenstein Googled copied and pasted contract. And while that is extremely embarrassing to admit to all of our listeners, I know that there are people out there who feel the same as I do. And there were a couple things that kept me from actually getting an attorney drafted contract. Actually, no, there was one thing. It was so expensive and it seemed so out of reach. That's when I learned about Legally Set. You see, Coonbee with Legally Set has created industry-specific contracts for people like you and me working in the wedding industry. They're easy to customize. They're drafted by an actual attorney and not Googled. Can you imagine that? And last but not least, they are so extremely affordable. So if you were like me and maybe using a less than appropriate and or legal contract, it's time to step up your game. You have no more excuses. Head on over to theunionpodcast.com slash legally set to check them out. Now I'm going to throw a curveball at you. We didn't discuss this beforehand. Mm-hmm. How do you grow a business as a, as a mom? Like, mm-hmm. yes, it's seasonal. Yes, yeah. we got to figure out the balance. Yes, mm-hmm. it shifts from time period to time period. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what does that actually look like? You know, mm-hmm. so many first-time moms are, are in this group where they're like, yeah. oh, shoot. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to do this now. Yeah. And I mean, it highly depends on your business. And I, I'll tell you my experience. We started a, a website where everyone that signs up invites 150 of their closest friends and family to the website. <laughs> so it was kind of like really good built-in marketing that we didn't even think Rich about. Rich in data. Just give right? me all just, the emails. <laughs> and like a lot of those people are also getting married or talking about it or think that it's a cool idea. And like, Ooh, so-and-so has a honey fun. Have you heard of that? And so it just marketed itself. It grew itself. And that it was like such a blessing because, you know, for a long time, it was just our side project. We just turned on the site and <laughs> threw up Google riot. AdWords and like, like, you know, a side project, honey fun, like yeah. the most profound name in honeymoon <laughs> registries was a side project. <laughs> it was okay. Just, this is our little, you know, hey, like people can use this. But because of the way the site works, it had that built-in viral marketing. So if there is a way for you and your business to leverage like referrals to give something like we're all in weddings, right? So we all have the potential to do this. So your client is going to invite on average 150 of their closest friends and family to their wedding. Yeah. What can you give those people so that they become aware of your business? Is it a coupon for the next time they need catering or a discount on a, a you know, the next cake they're going to ba- order for their kid's birthday party or whatever it is. If you can find a way to bring some value to those people, I promise you, your couples will be happy to share that value with their wedding guests, right? Which is a really and- unique perspective because nobody talks about that. Nobody talks about, you know, occasionally I've seen vendors leave cards out, mm-hmm. but to give back to the guests, mm-hmm. what an interesting perspective. And I mean, I 
you know, lead generation. And it's, you know, you've got yeah. this captive audience. You're sitting there in front of 150 people that could potentially hire you for their next thing. So why not, you know, bring them something of value and give them a reason to think about you the next time they have a need? Yeah, absolutely. I, I've always told anyone who's working with me on a wedding day, I'm like, everyone here is a potential client or potential referral. Yeah. Literally every single person, every vendor, every guest, unless they get super inebriated, ideally those would just be guests but occasionally it's been a vendor, you know, where just like every opportunity we have right here is to form a connection that could potentially yeah. turn into new business for us. But also let's just yeah. be chill people. Let's just be yeah. cool. Right. Yeah. Play so cool. I haven't Play thought cool. about taking that extra step of being like giving back, mm. which I think would probably have some really interesting implications for certain people of like, you know, maybe it means the bold move of putting your business card out yeah. with something that says 10% off your next bakery order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something so easy like that, or even, you know, what if you could cover the favors for your couple and the favors I, yes. are branded? Literally thought that same thing. I was like, okay, obviously a lot of favors get left behind, but like if it was covered and the wedding planner is offering that for free, if it's like $3 per person, yeah. that could be a pretty expensive, hefty buy-in, right? Right. But if it's branded... And it's like, mm-hmm. hey, 10% off your next event. Mm-hmm. Call me. Here's yeah. some really or just, good Godiva. Yeah, a little. Add- I mean, we were such the DIY wedding couple. Our favors were bookmarks that we made from my hand. Cute. And, from and, my hand. <laughs> from I made my it from hand. my hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different acronym. <laughs> and we we like wrote the names of some books that we loved and we, we on the other side was like a meaningful quote to us. And it was just, you know, something simple, but useful. Like I always want my favors to be useful. I'm so practical. I'm like, don't give me something that I'm never going to eat or use. Like, give me something that I'm, that I could actually right. use. It could even be just a little slip of paper that I use as a bookmark, you know? And so there are so many ways to do a creative, you know, leave behind that people can actually use. And even more fun if it's somehow related to your business, like it could be a little like measuring spoon with your business name and, you know, whatever, you know, from the bakery or the, or the caterer, you know, something that people will use. Yeah, man, I literally never thought of this. Now I'm kicking myself. This is a really good idea, especially to cover the favors. Cause I'm thinking mostly from a wedding planner's perspective, because I know a lot of the people that follow us here mm-hmm. are, and this is definitely an investment that feels scary, right? This hearing this, you might be like, cool, 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 cool. I've booked three weddings uh, and I barely make any money. I'm like, yes, right. I hear that. You know, that right. we're not saying you have to go straight out and do all of this, but because you had such a unique opportunity where you were able to leverage a brand new audience, mm-hmm. we have that same case at like in-person weddings. You got hundred people, yeah. 150 people. Captive audience. And you've got a marketing budget, hopefully, if you plan to grow your business, you do. And so you're already printing flyers or paying for that booth at that, you know, wedding show or whatever it is. So just, you know, test it, test a few weddings and see what happens. You know, let me know if it works. Cause I just came up with that idea on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And here I am like, Whoa, my mind is totally blown. But yeah, maybe we start there. Maybe like start with an actual marketing budget because this feels like such an afterthought for so many people. Mm -hmm. I got my start at an expo. I had one wedding booked. I went to an expo. Well, I need to go back and like redo the numbers and figure out how, I don't know if I booked 14, 15 or 16 weddings off of that one expo. Wow. Like I over 10 X my ROI. Wow. And a dear friend of mine is a wedding videographer. Phenomenal. Absolutely adore him. And he, he's been, him and his wife have been huge mentors for me because I'm like, Hey, it's a new industry. I don't know what I'm doing. His accountant was literally like, why are you not doing these expos all the time? Nothing has this ROI. Nothing has it. But so many people are scared of making that investment 
Right. Because they're not quite sure what they're going to get out of it. And yes, there is some risk involved. Yes, you have to make sure you're going to an expo that's actually going to have to have people come to it. Right. 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 You want to make sure that's well spent. But if you don't have a marketing budget and you're just hoping and praying that you're nice enough and have get bomb pictures back that maybe Mm -hmm. people will book you, well, then that's not a very good effective strategy. Yeah. I mean, think about photographers, right? What if you set up a Polaroid photo booth and every picture that the cup, the wedding guests walked away with had your, you know, sticker on the back with your name and phone number on it for the next event. I mean, just little things like that, I think. Could yeah. be. There's actually a photo booth supply company, which I absolutely love them. They will gather emails for you. Mm-hmm. So yes. you could, you could put it in that, you know, people can email it to themselves. Yes. And then you have their email love. These are the kinds of things that I would do if I was a mom trying to, I would just be thinking of all these funny, weird, creative ways to leverage that audience of wedding guests. Yeah. Someone else suggested taking the photo booth and putting it in a local bridal shop. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you stop it right now. So they can get a photo and be all cutesy with it and then email it to themselves. And you got a client just waiting for it right there. I love that. I know. You just gave me such a great idea. (gasps) What? Can I hear it? Well, it's a seed of an idea (laughs) for, but like, We've been thinking a lot about like Honey Fund is a registry first and foremost. It's a place where couples come when it's time to send out invitations and they're like, oh, we haven't registered. What do we, what are we going to do? Yeah. And so that, and what is that like four to six months before the wedding? Right. But we want couples to learn about us earlier on in their, like when they first get engaged, right. We want them to know that Honey Fund is here to support them with their, with the wedding planning ideas with, you know, weekly content. If you join our email list, like so much great ideas, inspiration for making your honeymoon happen, keeping your honeymoon going, all that fun stuff. And so like, how do we get in front of them? That photo booth in the bridal shop, you just gave me such a good idea to do something like that. Like be there to make a fun, like romantic experience. Like, you know, in one of those places where couples have to show up to start planning. Yes. Which actually photo booth supply co has an online photo booth as well. So I'm just, and you can still do all the lead collecting. I'm just planting that seed because oh the I intention was for us to build out a virtual wedding photo booth website, you know, in the, the more of the height of COVID. And then things kind of slowed down. I was like, I don't know if this makes as much sense financially anymore, which is a bummer because I definitely talked about it on my channel and then never did anything with it. That's just a message to entrepreneurs. Hold on to those ideas. Don't go too public yeah. until you feel like it's more sussed out. But so for you, from your perspective, if it's like, join the photo booth and you could change the backgrounds because they have yeah. a green screen option. And like, yeah, so fun. Your vacation in in Hawaii, in Aruba, in England and all these different, I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's, I love it. There's some stuff there that I feel like you would totally kill it. See, this is the problem when you get you and I together. I know, <laughs> our, we just, our we, stinking entrepreneur brains. <laughs> I know we can't stop, but there's one other really easy, easy way to help you market your business, which is Honey yes. Fun's wedding vendor directory. And this is a totally free service. Again, because of our, you know, mission to make honeymoons happen, we really feel that couples need to connect with the vendors that are going to, you know, work with them on their budgets, you know, help them be creative about how to make it all happen. And, you know, the closest to their dream you can possibly get. And so we want to, we want vendors to come and be in our directory and we're not going to charge you anything for it because it's our mission to connect couples to you. So all you have to do is just go to Honey Fun's blog, click on the wedding vendor directory. You can submit your listing right there and we'll get you up and running. And see, I love that it's free because we've talked about it before. I kind of have a bone to pick with those that you have to pay for, but you have to pay like thousands of dollars and then you don't see an ROI and yeah, put that money on that 
expo, you know, you know, we'll, we'll connect you to the couples who are looking for the services that you offer. And I think a lot of our audience here is really specifically into being mindful of, of couples budgets as well. I would probably hazard a guess that most of them probably aren't in the luxury wedding planning <laughs> sphere, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. cause I would probably be feeding them <laughs> the wrong bits of advice, right. but our clients are very much aligned. Mm-hmm. Those who want to value or who value these experiences, who value mm-hmm. going on a honeymoon, who value having mm-hmm. a wonderful wedding, but mm-hmm. also want to be fiscally wise about this. Right. They're all coming to Honey Fund. So yeah. Sign up there because then you're going to get like-minded couples. Totally. And as a vendor, it's so, the Honey Fund's so useful to you because it can help your couples take the budget pressure off. And so it makes it easier for you to serve them and make their dream happen Mm -hmm. when they, you know, they've got a few extra grand coming in from their friends and family. And so we have a lot of vendors, especially the ones who are very budget-minded, love to talk about Honey Fund with their couples in the first conversation because they know it's going to make a difference in the budget. Yeah. It's going to provide so much relief to these couples that especially all newbie planners and all newbies in the wedding industry in general, we all start super low. We all start with those budgets that like we're, we're rubbing two pennies together, Mm -hmm. hoping a magic genie is going to come out. Right. (laughs) So offering them a resource like this is, can be super Mm -hmm. helpful because then they can breathe a little better. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And we actually have an affiliate program too. So if you refer your couples, we'll pay you, you know, five, $10 to, to send us a sign up. And, you know, couples are just so happy when they know that there's solutions out there. And y'all know we love affiliate marketing over here. Honestly, like what a great way to leverage business partnerships with companies that you're already using and you're already talking about. Right. No one can benefit your clients. And if they decide to give you a little bit of a percentage back, goodness gracious, what a match made in heaven. (laughs) Totally. Totally. We're all about it. I think, you know, the wedding industry is so important and there's so many hardworking people who and mompreneurs who are, yeah. you know, really like giving of your hearts, showing up on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every weekend to like yeah. make this dream day happen for you. Like you don't do that unless you have a passion for that. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's really exciting for us to be able to serve that, those people. Absolutely. Sarah, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for being here and for your insight. I know so many of you guys are interested in starting families and maybe, maybe you already have it. And maybe you're 15 years into your, your parenting journey. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> man, there is, it's a lot and it's constantly changing. Just know that we adore you and we support you. Um, and we're in it right next to you. hundred <laughs> million percent learning every day. That's a wrap folks. That's the end of the episode for today. And I hope that you found some amazing wisdom from what we discussed here today. If you did find some little nuggets of wisdom that you just loved, we are so glad to hear it. And we would love to actually hear back from you about that. If you take a screenshot of this episode and tag Wolfer and Co over on Instagram, let us know, like tag us, let us know that you liked what we talked about here. Or if you didn't like it, you can also let us know. We, we might not reshare that one though. So yeah, Wolfer and Co over on Instagram, tag us, let us know your love in the podcast. We will be excited to hear about it. Until next week, once again, thank you for joining us and happy planning.